0: Your host is in the trenches. He's a real estate attorney, financial analyst, and mobile home park investor and operator. Now, let's turn it over to Ferd Neiman.
1: Welcome back, Mobile Home Park Nation. Ferd Neiman here again with another episode of the Mobile Home Park Lawyer Podcast. Today, we're gonna be talking about employees versus independent contractors. And I know a lot of people that say, well, I'm not an employee, I'm an independent contractor, or vice versa. And, And really, it's not the title. Or even a written job description. It's it's really the practice that matters, and you uh, you may wonder why this this matters. I mean, key things among all would be liability. You know, or if something goes wrong, you know you're probably in a better bet if an independent contractor has his own his or her own responsibility and it's not your problem. Whereas an employee, typically, the employer is going to have some level of responsibility. Uh, other key items to worry about with. Uh, employees versus general contractors or independent contractors excuse me is who has to carry unemployment insurance and general liability insurance and then if a if someone is terminated then is there unemployment benefits available uh, another key distinction is whether or not the employer does or is required to withhold Taxes or pay, you know, FICA, Social Security, Medicaid, which is uh, 15.3%. Typically, that's 7.65 for the employer, 7.65 for the employee. Well, if you're an independent contractor, you're supposed to pay all 15.3% yourself. And then you're a 1099 employee. And at the end of the year, you get 1099 instead of a W-2. So, ultimately, what I have found is most mobile home park owners or most business owners in general don't want employees because employees. Sometimes they're pain. I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative of my employees, but I you know I sometimes joke that uh, I used to be a people person, uh, but then people ruined it for me. Um, and if you're in the landlord business long enough, you'll have tenants and you'll have employees that'll ruin it for you. But in all seriousness, people don't like having employees because they don't want to have to deal with withholdings, they don't have to pay unemployment tax, and they don't want to have liability. But the reality is you may have an employee and not recognize it. So key things to think about. I mean, in general, does it pass the, you know, the smell test is, you know, independent contractors, are they really truly independent? So an independent contractor is, let's, let's talk about like a, a labor or maintenance person or somebody doing the mowing or somebody that's putting in your skirt and you're building your decks. A true independent contractor is probably gonna, you know, have a truck with their name on it, have a shirt with their name on it. It's probably gonna own their own LLC is probably going to carry their own workers' comp, general liability insurance. In fact, true independent contractors in most states, if they have you know payroll of at least two other people and or have a certain payroll threshold, say 40000 a year, they're required to, by law to carry their own workers' comp and GL policies. Now, don't quote me on those amounts. It's going to be state-by-state basis. Talk to your insurance provider. But a true independent contractor, they're going to use their own equipment. They're going to basically get paid per job, like upcharge you 1500 per deck. They're not going to be charging you by the hour. Uh, now, some independent contractors, like plumbers and electricians, do charge by the hour. But as far as regular construction related, it's probably a per job. Uh, another thing, a true independent contractor is going to have other clients. I mean, I had a guy, he's like, I'm an independent contractor, I insist. But honestly, I held workers' comp on the guy for six years because he didn't work for other people. You know, We gave him 40, 45 hours a week for years. And he had his own LLC, and he thought he was an independent contractor, but... We gave him specific tasks every day. Look, paint unit number nine, paint number unit number ten, just the master bedroom and paint it blue. Uh, fix the you know, fix the shingles on unit number five, mow the grass in the whole park, and things like that. like level of autonomy is a is probably the key variable as an independent contractor you're not their boss you just you just hire them to do a job and if they want to for example painting you know i used to paint and when i paint a room uh i edge first and with the brush and then i roll the walls some people do the opposite roll the walls first and then edge around the corners ultimately it probably didn't matter that much but if but you know my old boss uh, my dad made me do the edging first so that's how i was supervised so the fact that he was having that much oversight on me showed that I was not that autonomous. So you know, this was in the household, but I would have been more employee and less independent contractor. A lot of independent contractors will or should have their own business license, either under their own name or under some sort of LLC or corporation. And typically, they're going to work at like an offsite location. You know, like I'm going to work. At, a, at the mobile home park. I'm not going to, like, office and FURD's headquarters, things like that. And within reason, they have their own schedule. I mean, like, um, we got this painting crew. that They're truly independent contractors. They have their own GL, workers' comp, and they schedule us in. Like, hey, I need you to paint 10 mobile homes. They're like, well, I'm, I'm booked out three weeks, and I'll get to them then. And sometimes they show up three weeks and two days later. And I can't really get mad or don't fire them. They're not my employee. They just say, it rained. Okay, no big deal. But that's more like an independent contractor employees are paid regularly and whether it's once a week once a month twice a month whatever it's basically same same cycle now if they're paid on hourly rate you know 35 hours versus 40 hours and versus 42 the next week they might get paid a different amount they don't be necessarily salaried or exempt but they're paid regularly not by the job uh, employees typically have more oversight, you know, whether it's training or it's really just supervision and direction. Um, typically, employees are full time; don't have to be, you know. Versus the com- relative to an independent contractor, they're more set time. You know, I have I have a legal assistant; she works twenty one hours a week. It's part time, but it's the same twenty one hours a week. And sometimes it's plus or minus. Um, I have other kind con- other employees that work the same forty five hours a week. I have independent contractors that work as much work as we get them in the weather and the weather allows so sometimes it's 40 sometimes it's 50 sometimes it's 60 but they get paid by the hour some of them are probably employees and i care if if it's gray here's the the phrase that pray phrase that pays as uh, colonel eckhart used to say in law school the most important thing to learn is if if it's gray if, if it feels like it might be an employee, you should probably have workers' compensation and liability covers on that employee-slash-contractor because you can get stung badly. And, and workers' comp is not that expensive. Uh, we typically will have it through our management company because it's cheaper, more efficient to have it at uh, one entity, and then that entity pays for the labor um, for all the other LLCs, and then just gets it reimbursed. But all the employees... And independent contractors work for custom Property Management. Now, if I hire a professional vendor that I have a copy of their workers' comp and their GL policy, like I just did $50,000 asphalt work at one of our parks, that guy was legit, had his own stuff, had his own paperwork. The land LLC for that property paid him the $50,000 directly, did not need to go through my management company. And unlike most audits in life, your workers' comp policy will get audited on an annual basis, and if you claim you only had two workers making 10000 your premium's going to be a lot less than if you have three workers making 30000 each. The reality is you get audited and you get a charge, a charge up or charge back the subsequent years. Um, I don't know all the ins and outs of workers' comp insurance, but I, what I gather from the rate that I pay is it's a function of really two things. Wage earned... And job duties. So if if my uh, painter slash maintenance guy makes 50000 and my bookkeeper makes 50000 well the wage is the same. But the job duties are different and the contractor is going to be higher risk of injury, so the premium for that insurance is going to be higher. Now if I have a different contractor with the same job duties and, and he only works half-time and makes 25000 a year, well then, the premium will be less because, in theory, he will have half as likelihood of getting hurt because he's half as likely to be working. That's essentially how they do it. Um, but it's important to have workers' compensation or life insurance, and other things that make it clear that you're the employee is. You can just fire them, you know, at any time, um, rather than like individual jobs. Like if I hire my, if I hire the painter and say, paint ten mobile homes, and I'll pay you four thousand dollars. I can't very easily fire them after eight, unless there's some other provision in the contract because they've they've had they've got a right to paint ten. Now I cannot hire them for the the next chunk of ten. Versus an employee, I can you know fire them because I don't like their haircut. Now that's an at will state like Missouri. I can say I don't like red shirts. I don't like haircuts. So I can fire you. Um, other states, you know, they have more more workers' rights. You got to know your state. Uh, state laws. I used to work at Jackson County Government and we had a merit commission. It wasn't quite the union, but if you made it six months, you were off probation and then you had rights and I could not fire you. Now, you can never fire somebody for protected status, like because they're white, black or purple or, you know, Christian, Jewish, Muslim. You can't, you can't do that. It's obvious. But at one employment, I could right now go fire all my staff because I decided to retire and I don't need staff anymore. And they can't really do anything about it. That would that would that would be a you know hard case to prove that I did it, fired them for some discriminatory reasoning because that wouldn't be the case. Um, in general, just employees are people that are part of your regular operation, providing regular time and service under your purview, under your control. Um, I had a independent contractor one time, and he was kind of gray. Where it was is he an independent contractor? Is he is he workers? Is he um, is he an employee? Uh, I ended up firing him because he was incompetent, frankly, and he filed for employment. Now, he did have other jobs, and he wasn't now, was an independent contract. Now, it was great was he used my lawnmower because he didn't have his own lawnmower. So he used my tools. So the uh, Division of Unemployment Security wanted to stick me with part of his bill post-employment. So I opposed it, and part of what I opposed it with was he proposed to me at the outset a written independent contractor agreement that he got off a rocket lawyer. And it said, look, you know, I'm, my own, I'm my own boss. I set my own hours. I get paid $200 per mo, blah, blah, blah. And and ultimately, I was able to win that unemployment dispute because of that written agreement. And, and I think partially because he proposed it. And I had, like, an email trail. Like, he's like, look, I'm not your... You're not my boss. I run my own company. I'm like, okay, great, dude. Now, he also did some skirting for me, some basic maintenance, uh, miscellaneous stuff. So, ultimately, what you title people, you know, you're an independent contractor, doesn't matter. It's how it works out in practice. So, if your goal is to not have employees, then you need to give your independent contractors autonomy and follow some of the uh Strategies and methods I've I've set forth here today. If you think they're an employee, you need to make sure you have workers' comp insurance and general liability insurance, which frankly is not that expensive. Now, if you get into more expensive trades like tree trimming, roofing, um, heavy equipment, or construction, you, know, you want you, your bill will be cheaper if you have your guys classified as a maintenance. If you have them classified as construction general contractor insurance can be higher. So you got to work with an insurance company to get the classifications right. And you got to try to be fairly accurate with your estimated budget. But other than that, it's it's not that complicated um, until it is. And, you know, if the guy's an independent contractor, but he's driving your parked truck and he's driving to Home Depot to get some more wood, what happens if he runs over to the paperboy? Well, it's in your truck. It started to look like an employee last time i checked you don't let the average rougher painter or plumber drive your truck so then you get down to other liability protection things measures like is the person driving your truck licensed do they have a valid driver's license do they have insurance if not is your insurance going to cover them so i typically ask my insurance guy all these questions before i start making decisions too much on things like let people drive my truck um, or let people use my lawnmower etc so In the end, the key is to understand what you got, and what you got is based on how you implement your business, not by the title on somebody's business card. Till next time, stay safe.
0: God bless. You've been listening to the Mobile Home Park Lawyer Podcast with Ferd Neiman. Ready to learn more? Go to www.themobilehomelawyer.com for free resources and materials to help you succeed. If you love the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts. Give us your review and subscribe today. Thank you for listening. Neither the Supreme Court of Missouri nor the Missouri Bar reviews nor approves certifying organizations or specialist designations. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements.